Lord, we thank you for the Bible and we thank you that through it you speak to us very clearly. And we would ask tonight, Lord, that as we come to consider what your word says about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, that you would inform our minds and transform our hearts and change our lives. But speak to us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, before the transatlantic flight was common, people used to go to America on ships, and it would take two or three weeks for a transatlantic crossing to happen. Well, the urban legend goes like this. There was a wee man from Belfast, and this man had the opportunity to go to America. But to go to America, it was going to cost him his life savings. And so he took all the money that he owned in the world, and he bought a ticket for America. But he was a poor man, and he knew that he couldn't afford the, exclu- the lovely meals on the, the ship. And so what he did was he packed this one suitcase full of clothes and the other suitcase full of crackers and cheese. And on the ship, every night at dinner time, everyone would be going to the dining hall, and this poor man would eat his crackers and his cheese. And he felt really hard done by because everybody else was talking about how much weight they were going to have put on by the time they got to America, and he was absolutely starving. Anyway, a few nights before they were due to dock, he'd meet a wee friend on the ship, and the friend came up to him, and he said to him, he says, listen, he says, I can't help but notice that you're eating cheese and crackers every night. But why would you not come and dine with us in the dining hall? The man was embarrassed. And embarrassed, he said, look, He said, I I couldn't afford to eat there. I spent all my money on the ticket. And he says, don't you realize? Don't you realize? The meals are included in the price of the ticket. Can you just imagine for a minute if that was a true story, just how, how devastating this would be for the man? To realize that all along in the price of his ticket, he had all these wonderful meals that he could enjoy. And instead of enjoying them, and instead of using that voucher, instead of using what he had, he missed out. Missed out on what was his. This man was uninformed about the gift, I guess, that he had in his hand. And many of us, especially if we belong to the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, I think we are maybe a little bit like this man. I think that maybe tonight as we sit here, we are missing out on knowing the gifts that we have from the Holy Spirit. Now, I won't ask you for a show of hands, but I'd love to. And I'd love to ask you to put your hand up if you have ever heard a sermon on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. My guess is that not many of you have. Whenever I was a student, I went to a charismatic church, and it felt like every week that's all they talked about, the gifts of the Spirit. It was kind of like gifts of the Spirit overload. That was all they seemed to be interested in, and I didn't quite get it. And then I started coming to a Presbyterian church, and it's kind of like, you know, we have the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. (laughs) Uh, But we don't really think about the Holy Spirit, and we certainly don't really like talking or thinking about the gifts of the Spirit because that's for those charismatic people over there, and it might get us into trouble if we think about these things. I don't know if you picked it up in the reading, though, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul makes a very clear statement to the Corinthians. He says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. 
And I think many of us sit here tonight as uninformed people. We have never been informed about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have never been informed. And Paul says that he doesn't want us to be uninformed. And Paul, the Lord says this tonight that he doesn't want us to be uninformed either. And tonight that's why we're looking at this. To be more informed about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So my aims tonight are that you're more informed. That you have a better idea of what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And what gifts the Holy Spirit has given to you. And my other aim tonight is that you leave here with a desire to use the gifts the Lord has given you. It's a tall order. I don't think I can accomplish it, but the Holy Spirit can. So that's what I've been praying he will do. So tonight, the path ahead, we've got three questions we're going to look at. First of all, we're going to look at the question, what is a spiritual gift? Okay, what is a gift of the Holy Spirit? What is a spiritual gift? Second of all, what are the specific gifts of the Holy Spirit? So we read those lists. What are those things? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And then the third one is, how, how can I use my gifts? Or how can I know my gifts? How can I actually use the gifts that God has given me? So let's start with the first question. What is a spiritual gift? Well, I've given you a definition, and we're going to just walk through the definition Spiritual gifts are gifts of grace given by the Holy Spirit to all Christians for the good of the church. Gifts of grace given by the Holy Spirit to all Christians for the good of the church. Now, sometimes people give us a gift because we've done something to deserve it. So if you come to babysit for me, you know, you might get a box of chocolates or a bunch of flowers or a takeaway. If you come and babysit for me, I'll give you a gift. We do something and we receive it. Sometimes we get a gift on a very special occasion like our birthday or at Christmas. You know, it's your birthday, happy birthday. Here's a gift. You deserve it. It's your birthday. Or Merry Christmas. It's Christmas and you're important to me and here's a gift. But you know the gifts I love the most? The gifts that just come out of the blue for no apparent reason. Gifts of grace are just beautiful gifts. Gifts that someone just gives you out of the blue for no apparent reason other than they want to give you the gift. And, and this is what a spiritual gift is. It is a gift of grace. The spiritual gifts are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us freely. Not because we earn them, not because we deserve them, not because we have great faith, not because we're super Christians, not because we're very pious and holy. The Holy Spirit gives Christians gifts simply out of sheer grace. We see it in Romans 12, 6. Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, I say this tonight because it's very important we get this. Because one of the dangers whenever it comes to thinking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that it can lead to two things. For some people, it can lead to boasting. And for some people, it can lead to beating themselves up. So some people, God has granted some very good gifts, some prominent gifts, some gifts that means that they're at the front of the church, maybe standing preaching, maybe standing leading, maybe standing singing. The Lord has given people very prominent gifts. And the danger is that if we don't get that these gifts are a gift of grace, we can become arrogant and proud and boastful and think, aren't I great? The Lord must be very pleased with me. I must be a very good Christian because he has given me this gift. That's rubbish. 
the gifts he's given are gifts of grace. If you're good at the front, if you're good at teaching, if you're good at preaching, if you're good at any of that stuff, it's just by sheer grace. It's just a wonderful free gift. Nothing to boast about, nothing to be feel proud about. And likewise, the danger of the spiritual gifts is that we can beat ourselves up. So maybe the Lord has given you the gift of serving. Maybe you're one of these people who is just incredible in the background, but you're not very good at maybe caring for others very well. You don't know how to listen well. You don't know how to help people when they're in trouble. And you kind of beat yourself up. I should be good at that. I should be better at that. You know, I should be really good at that thing that that person over there is good at, and I'm rubbish at it. Again, it saves us from that. The Lord in his grace has given the person that gift to be very good at caring for the needy and he's not given you that gift. And so you don't need to beat yourself up that you don't have it or you're not good at it. All the gifts of the Spirit have been given according to the grace that God has given. So they're gifts of grace. So no boasting and no beating yourself up. And I'm serious. My concern mainly for this congregation is that there's many of you beat yourself up. You beat yourself up about what you can't do. Stop it. Stop it. God has not given you those gifts, but he has given you some, and we'll talk about those later, but stop beating yourself up. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Okay, the next part of the definition is that the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever we are born... Uh, genetically, we are probably born with natural talents. Some of us will be born with fast twitch muscles that mean that we're going to be really talented at running fast later on in life. Some of us have been born and our parents have maybe been actors or singers and, and we've been born with this kind of gene in us, this natural ability, this natural talent. Whenever we are born, we're born with natural talents and natural abilities that can be nurtured. And everybody in the world has these natural abilities and, ability, abilities and talents, and, and you have them too. We've all got them. But gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are not natural talents. They're not natural abilities. The Holy Spirit might use those, but gifts of the Spirit are not natural talents and abilities. Just like we're given natural abilities when we're born, we're given spiritual gifts whenever we're born again. When we come to faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. He gives us abilities. He gives us things that we can do now that we couldn't do before we were Christians. I think about myself in this. If you'd have told me before I was a Christian that one day I would have the gift of teaching, that one day I would be able to get up and teach the Bible, I would have laughed my head off at you. I had no clue about the Bible. I had no clue how to understand the Bible. I had no insight into the Bible. I honestly can tell you that I would have laughed if you had told me that I would ever have got up to teach the Bible to others. And even now, sometimes I feel like a bit of a fraud because I didn't have this background. I didn't have this deep, rich heritage of learning the Bible as a child. But when I became a Christian, the Lord gave me a love for the Scriptures. Give me a love for his word. Give me a love to study it. Give me a love to understand it. Give me a heart to share it. Something changed. And the 
gifts of the Spirit, they're not just natural abilities. These, are, these, these gifts are given by the Spirit. And they're given to all Christians. They're given to you and they're given to me. Natural talents imparted at natural birth, spiritual gifts given when we're born again. And I just want to encourage you that if you are born again, then you have gifts of the Spirit because the next part of our definition is that Holy Spirit gifts are given to all Christians. Again, if we look at Romans 12, 6, it says, we have different gifts. And the we there is we collectively as Christians. We collectively as the church, we as individuals sitting in a congregation, we have different gifts. All of us have gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has given us all gifts. If you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, eh, eh, not me, Marty. Not me, Marty. Are you really going to argue with Paul? Are you really going to argue with God's Word? Of course you're not. You might not know what your gifts are. You might not have discerned those. You might not just be aware of them. But I want to encourage you all tonight, if you're a follower of Christ, then you do have gifts or a gift, at least one gift of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, what are the gifts of the Spirit for? Well, they're for the good of the church, the last part of our definition. Um, sometimes um, when we think of the Holy Spirit gifts, and it, and it depends what circles you've moved in, but again, like I said, whenever I became a Christian, I moved in charismatic circles initially. And sometimes it seemed that gifts of the Spirit were for people's own glory. Oh yes, look at me, I talk in tongues. Oh yes, look at me, I can prophesy these strange gifts. I can do these things. I can speak in tongues. Look how spiritual I am. It was that sense that I got from so many people walking in these circles. But the gifts of the Spirit are not for the exaltation of an individual. They're not an ego booster. They're not to set you apart as being more spiritual. No, the gifts of the Spirit are for the good of the church. When the spiritual gifts are being used, the good of the church should be happening, the upbuilding of the church, the, the strengthening of the church. And again, we see it in three of our passages. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it's for the common good of the body of Christ, Paul says. 1 Corinthians 14, it's to build up the church. Ephesians 4, it's to prepare each other for works of service. So the gifts of the Spirit, when they're being used, they will never glorify a person. They'll never point to a person. They'll never make someone feel more spiritual or look more spiritual. When the gifts are being used properly, the church will be edified and built up. Are you still with me? Yeah. Great. Well, that's the first question done and dusted. What are gifts of the Spirit? They're gifts of grace given by the Holy Spirit to all Christians for the good of the church. But what are the specific gifts of the Spirit? If you were sitting here tonight and you're one of the people going, not me, Marty, I've no gifts. Well, here is now the time when you discover what gift or gifts the Lord has given you. Because we're going to try to do it quite quickly, but we are going to run through all of the gifts that were listed and we're going to try and get our heads around what these gifts are. Now, just to help us, I've, I've put a few headings. So uh, tonight we're going to look at speaking gifts, service gifts, support gifts, and sign gifts. 
So let's go for it. The first thing then, speaking gifts. A lot of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are speaking gifts. So there's the, the gift of teaching is mentioned. And that's being able to effectively communicate what the Bible says and what it means and how we should live in light of it. So teaching is a gift of opening up the Bible and teaching others. Then there's the gift of encouragement. And that's the gift of being able to motivate people to live for God. The Holy Spirit gives people this gift and they can strengthen believers when they're weak. They can encourage those who are wavering in their faith. They can lift up and motivate others to keep going. And they can challenge people whenever they're straying off. So maybe tonight you have the gift of encouragement. This gift of being able to rebuke or encourage or strengthen believers. That is a gift of the Spirit. Then another gift mentioned is the word of knowledge. Now, there is debate about what this gift is. In some circles, the gift of knowledge is that the Lord kind of gives someone knowledge that wasn't known before, and they then share this knowledge with others. So you might be speaking to someone, and uh, it's believed maybe the Lord will, will let you know something about that person, and then you share it with them. Now, I'm not actually convinced that is what the gift of knowledge is, but that's one interpretation of what this gift is. I think what the gift of knowledge is, I think it's having a knowledge of the Bible, a knowledge so well thought out and so well, a great knowledge of the Bible that you're able to discern how the Bible, what it says in every area of life. So whenever you see something happening on the news, you're able to interpret it in light of the Bible. Whenever someone says something at the front of church and they're teaching the Bible, you're able to know what the Bible says and actually work out if that's the right thing they're saying or not. Whenever there's a situation going on in someone's life, you're able to meet with that person and you'll be able to share a wealth of scripture that helps that person know what God wants to say to them in that moment through the scriptures. So the gift of the knowledge, I think, is whenever the, the scriptures, and you can see how the scriptures shape every area of life, and you're able to inform Christians on how to make good and godly decisions. And similarly with the word of wisdom, I think it's a similar thing. I think it's that you can guide people using the scriptures. Let's say you meet with your friend from church, and they're saying, listen, I just don't know what to do here. I've got a big decision to make. And they come to you and they say, well, listen, let me read some passages from the Bible with you. And they open up the scriptures and they have a number of scriptures that speak directly to that decision. They have this wonderful wisdom. They can guide you and lead you in wisdom through the Bible. And I tell you tonight, there, there are many of you who have these gifts. Do you see yourself in any of these tonight? Able to teach? Maybe in a small group? Maybe from the front? Able to encourage? able to exhort, able to rebuke, able to strengthen, able to see direction through the Bible, to discern what the Bible says is true, able to guide people or guide the church by bringing Scripture into light. Many of you have these gifts, I think. Let's move on to the next set of gifts. After the gifts of speaking gifts, there are also service gifts. Uh, there's the gift of serving and helping, the gift of mercy, the gift of giving, the gift of leadership faith, <coughs> and the gift of administration. Um, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is that it gives some people the ability to fulfill many gaps in ministry. It gives some people the ability to do many jobs 
in the life of the church. They can wear multiple hats. They can spin multiple plates. And very often no one sees the hats they're wearing or the plates they're spinning. The Holy Spirit has gifted them to be able to do lots and lots and lots of different things so that the church can function and the Great Commission can be accomplished. And I know for a fact there are many of you who have this wonderful gift, this gift of helping, this gift of serving behind the scenes. And what I want to say to you tonight is that this gift is invaluable, that the church cannot function without it. And I want to thank you for using this gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. The Holy Spirit gives people the gift of service. He also gives some people the gift of mercy. And this gift, it's like a gift of empathy. They really care about others. Um, sometimes I wish I was better at this gift and had this gift more as a minister. But there are some of you here tonight, and I know you've got this gift. You just love other people so well. You hear that someone's going through a hard time, and your natural response is to go and visit them or to write them a card or to bring them a meal. You've got this wonderful gift of mercy. Before you were a Christian, you couldn't have cared less. But when you came to faith in Christ, he gave you this gift of mercy. You're someone who's able to weep with those who weep. You're someone who's able to bear another person's burdens. You're someone who, who longs to listen and is up for listening and is keen to listen. Without talking back, you let other people unload their burdens and you pray for them. You have the gift of mercy. I know many of you have that gift tonight. And what a precious gift it is in the life of the church. Then there's the gift of giving. Now the Lord, he commands us all to give. He commands us all to give a proportion of our time and our talent and our treasure to the life of the church. But there are some people that the Lord has given this spiritual gift of giving. They just love to give. It's not a burden to them. It's not a kind of, oh, I have to give. It's a delight. They love to give. They love to give of their time. They love to give of their treasure. They love to give of their talent. They love to be generous. They love to buy gifts. They love to be generous with all that they have. Very often they're hospitable people. You have people into their homes and their lifestyles, they adjust their lifestyles so that they can give more and help more people with their finances. They're joyful when they meet someone's need. There are some of you in here tonight and you're thinking, I definitely don't have that gift. <laughs> but there are many of you who do. Many of you do. I know how blessed we are as a church to have you. How blessed we are to have you when you give and you give joyfully and you give to young life, to the kids going to camp and you give to the food table and you give to people in need within the congregation. And it doesn't bother you to joy. That's weird, isn't it? That's not natural, is it? That is a supernatural thing. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Then the next gift is leadership faith. And this is the ability for someone to lead in such a way that they really believe the promises of God and they step into them. They lead in such a way that they're not afraid of what's going around them because they know what God has said and they believe it to be true and they lead trusting in God. 
the Holy Spirit gives some people this gift that they might be able to lead the church forward into new things. These people take God at his word and they expect God to move and they're certainly not surprised when he does. What a gift these people are to the church. And again, there's some of you here tonight who have that gift. And then there's the gift of administration. I don't know if you picked that up. Did you pick that up when you were reading the passages that administration was mentioned? I think sometimes we think of administration and, and we don't think of it as a spiritual gift, but there are some people who have the spiritual gift of administration. They're able to organize so incredibly well. They're able to organize life in the church in such a way that it gets people moving in a direction and doing things. And there are many of you here tonight with that gift able to organize, able to get things sorted, able to get things done, able to put things in order, able to see a way forward. And that is such a precious gift to the church. I'm a dreamer. I think you know that about me. I'm a bit of a dreamer. I dream of the things the Lord might do. I think I've got that leadership one. That's me. But tell you what, you see, without the administrators, <laughs> wouldn't go anywhere. The gift of administration is such a vitally, wonderfully good gift. And thank you for all of you who administrate to the glory of God. Then the next category, we have the support gifts. And if you notice that these all come from uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And, and the Lord has given gifts to the church to support believers, to encourage believers, to build up believers in the church. So it's not just that these gifts are given for the individual to use, but they're given so that they can equip and encourage others in these areas. That's why I've called them support gifts. Uh, and the first support gift is pastoring. The Lord has given some to be pastors. They're gifted to care for the spiritual well-being of a local church. They're able to guide, to teach, to protect and to lead God's people. And many of our elders here tonight, they're pastors. They, they have this gift and we're thankful for it. Then we're also told that some are given the gift of evangelism, of being evangelists. The Holy Spirit has gifted them in such a way that they can communicate the gospel to, to lots of different people in ways that they understand. We're all called the evangelism, aren't we? We're all called to share the gospel. But the Lord has equipped certain people to do this in a very effective way and to train others to do the same. There's the gift of evangelism. And I who know here tonight, some of you are evangelists. The Lord has given you this gift. You love to talk about Jesus with unbelieving people. You find ways to connect. It gives you no more joy than to hear of someone coming to faith in Christ. And it gives you certainly no more joy than to lead someone to Christ. You have the gift of being an evangelist. And then there's the gift of apostleship. Now, I just need to make a kind of caveat here. Um, we're not to confuse this gift of apostleship with being an apostle. Um, the office of apostle, it was a very biblical office. The, the apostles were the 12 disciples and Paul, and they were given a very specific command by Christ and a very specific ministry by Christ, and they were given authority by Christ to do this special work of apostling. So I'm not talking about being apostle, okay? So there's some people, and again, it's very often African churches, and they say, I am the apostle of today. You know, I've been called by the Lord to do this special work. That's not what I'm talking about. In a more general sense, though, the gift of apostleship, it's this idea of being sent. So apostle means sent, sent ones. And the gift is having this gift that is able to go. 
The Holy Spirit has, has gifted people to go, maybe to go to the mission field overseas and to be a missionary, maybe to go and plant a church in a difficult part of Belfast, maybe to go to a certain group of people who are really hard to reach and start a ministry with them. The gift of apostleship is this going ministry and it's given by the Holy Spirit. And I think some of you have this gift, this gift of being able to go, this gift of not being afraid, this gift of being willing to be sent. Maybe tonight you have this gift of apostleship and what a gift these folk are to the church. They pioneer new things. They, they set us off in new directions. They lead us into the things that God wants us to do and has never done before. This wonderful gift of apostleship. And then finally, we come to the sign gifts. And of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these are the most controversial gifts. There's a lot of debate in the church today, and I'm talking about the universal church, whether these gifts are uh, available and, and happening today or whether these gifts have ceased. So some people will say they're, they're still going. They're called continuationists. So they would say that all of these things are normal in the life of the church, that all of these things should be seen in every church, that all of these things are just really normal and, and continue fully today as they did in the times of the New Testament. Then there's some other people, and they would say, listen, these things have stopped. They were only for that time. They were sign gifts. They were, they were given just to be able to point people to Jesus so that the authority of Jesus would be seen, so the message of the gospel would be verified. And now today, these gifts have stopped. And then there's some folk in the middle. And they say, well, they're not normal. They're not in every church all the time. They're not to be dominant. They're not to be the main thing. They're not to be the main focus. But yeah, we think these things can happen today. And tonight, you might be in the they've stopped category. You might be in they continue normally and they're normal and we should expect more of them in our church, in the Presbyterian church. Or you might be somewhere in the middle. You're open but cautious. Well, wherever you are, let me just take a moment to, to, to clarify what they are. And I have to be honest, some of these are much more difficult to know what they really are. The gift of tongues is very prominent in the Pentecostal church. Uh, and the Pentecostal theology would say that if you are a Christian, you should speak in tongues. And they will teach that tongues is like this angelic prayer language between you and God. So you have this gift, you're able to talk to God in this language that no one can really understand, only you and God. And it's this special prayer language. The difficulty with that is that that doesn't seem to be what the gift of tongues is in the Bible. It seems that the gift of tongues in the Bible is actually the ability to speak a real language that you didn't know before. It seems it's the ability to speak in a language that is known somewhere else in the world, but that, that you don't know. So it's this strange thing. We're not sure quite what it is. But what we do know is that if tongues are used in a church, that there should be interpretation of tongues. So no one should be standing up and giving a tongue unless it's going to be interpreted. And Paul makes that very clear when he writes to the Corinthians. It seems that people were getting up and saying this stuff in tongues, whatever that was, a foreign language or an angelic language, and then nobody was saying anything about it, and everyone was going, what on earth was that all about? And so Paul says, listen, if it's for the good of the church, then if someone speaks in a tongue, it's got to be interpreted. I went to a church 
uh, after I became a Christian. I was in a very charismatic church. Then I moved to a less charismatic church where it was open but cautious. Uh, and they believed that these things were still in operation, but they, they didn't focus on them. They weren't in the Sunday services. They believed they could happen, but they were open to them, but they didn't focus on them. Um, but one night in the prayer meeting, um, a, a new guy had come to the church, and he was very charismatic, very Pentecostal. And so he stood up and he spoke in a tongue, this angelic language. And he spoke out and everyone was sitting there going, well, he knows what that was all about. And then the pastor said, does anyone have an interpretation? There should be an interpretation if this is a tongue. We all looked at each other. And so the man himself, he interpreted it. So he spoke in the tongue and he interpreted the tongue. And he, he shared what the tongue was saying and what the Lord was saying through this tongue. And then my pastor said something. He said, I'm very sorry, brother, but what you have shared does not line up with Scripture. So that tongue cannot have been from the Lord. And I think if tongues are in operation, which I'm not sure they are, but maybe they are, maybe they're not, this is the pattern it should be. If there's a tongue, it should be brought, it should be interpreted, and it should line up with Scripture. Just to say, I don't think we're going to be going for this at Ravenhill. But if it happens, if any of you ever do speak in a tongue, we'll need an interpretation and a better line up with Scripture. Otherwise, it's not a tongue. Okay, the next thing then is that there's gifts of healings. And, and we see these in the book of Acts, don't we? Very often the apostles are given the ability to heal. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He asked for alms and held out his hands. And this is what Peter did say, silver and gold have I none, but such a havoc of thee in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he was healed. There was this amazing gift of healing in the book of Acts. Now, I call them sign gifts because the healing was pointing to the message. It was verifying the messenger. And again today, there's debate. Are the gifts of healing for today or are they not? One of the sad things, I think, is that very often whenever people think of Christianity, who haven't really been connected with the church, is they think of the American TV evangelists. They think of the faith healers who are often caught out as being frauds. And what I want to say is that I, I don't think that we should say that God cannot heal today because he can if he chooses. But I would be very, very cautious if you meet someone who says, I have the gift of healing. I am able to heal. I'm a faith healer. I'd be cautious very cautious. The Lord can heal, and maybe he has gifted some people with this gift of healing, but I'd be very cautious if you meet anyone who says that. Then we have the gift of miracles, and again, it's similar to healing. Some people are able to do miracles in the book of Acts, and again, some people today say they have this gift, and again, I would just be very cautious. And when he claims this, just be cautious. Test what they're saying investigate what they're saying. Don't be taken in by fraudsters. And then finally, there's the gift of prophecy. And the gift of prophecy today, it seems that this gift is being able to, to share things from God directly. So like me standing up at the front here tonight, I've got my Bible open, and what I'm sharing is what the Bible's saying. But the gift of prophecy is believed today to be something different. It's that God gives you this special revelation and you share it. And again, I would just be very cautious. The Bible says in 
Previous days, God spoke through his prophets, but today he's spoken through Jesus Christ. I believe that everything we need for life and godliness is found in the scriptures. It's found in the Bible. So again, just be very cautious. If you're listening to anyone who says that they've received something from the Lord, test it against the scriptures. Don't believe everything you hear. Are these sign gifts for today? Some say absolutely, we should expect them. Some say absolutely not. They don't happen anymore and some are openly cautious. Maybe in countries where the gospel is just going out, maybe in places like India where there's a very oppressive Hindi culture, maybe on missionary forefronts. I'll leave you to decide where you are with these sign gifts. You're listening really well. So let's finish off with our final question. And the final question is this. How can I know what gifts I have? Uh, well, no, we're just going to look at how can I use my spiritual gifts? Um, I know that some people love forms. Um, they love filling in surveys. And, and in a lot of churches, whenever it talks about the spiritual gifts, they get everyone to fill in a kind of spiritual gift survey. So what are you good at? What are you passionate about? And at the end, it sort of calculates all your data and says, you have the gift of X, Y, or Z. Now, I like that in theory because it would be very easy to know your gifts, but I don't think that's a good way to know your gifts. The, the way to know your gifts, I want to suggest, is to test the water. To test the water. Maybe you're here tonight and you sense, you know what, Marty, I, I think I might have the gift of teaching. Or I'd like to explore that. I'd like to have a go at that. I think the Lord might have gifted me in that way. Well, then test the water, speak to me. We'll have a conversation about it. We'll, we'll see about getting you teaching at something to see if the Lord has gifted you in that way. If you have the gift of mercy, test the water. If you, if you have compassion for people, then when you know someone's going through something, instead of holding back and thinking, oh, I'd love to see them, go and see them. Go and visit them. Bring them the flowers. Bring them the chocolate. Go and listen. Tonight, if the Lord is burdening you for any of these things, Test the water. Don't be afraid to step out in faith and test the water to see if the Lord has gifted you in these areas. Another way to know what gifts you have is to listen to others. Do you know, one of the things that's really hard is to see the gifts the Lord has given you. It's hard to see it in yourself, but other people can see it. And I want to encourage you to see if someone's saying to you, listen, you're really gifted at that. I believe the Lord's gifted you in this area. Listen to them. Listen to them and then do something about it. Don't just go, oh, you're just so lovely. Thanks for saying that. I don't think you're right. Don't be modest. Listen to them. If they're saying you're gifted, if they, if they say they see it and you listen to them, and find an opportunity to, to exercise your gift. Tonight, if you know that you're gifted in an area or you sense you are and you're sitting here going, I have nowhere to use this gift, the Lord has given me this gift and I have nowhere to use it. I will find a place for you to use it. Speak to me. I'm not joking. <laughs> you know, the ministry of the church takes us all. Every member ministry, we all got to be together in this. We all got to use our gifts. That's how the church is built up. If the Lord's gifted you and you don't know where to use it, speak to me because we will find a place for you to use it. And like I said earlier, don't worry about the gifts you don't have. Don't worry about not having certain gifts. Use the gift or the gifts the Lord has given to you. But maybe tonight you're scared to use them. 
Maybe tonight you're scared to use the gifts that you've been given. Maybe you're scared of the commitment because the Lord might call you to do something that you really don't want to do or you don't have time to do or you don't feel you can do. Maybe you're scared of just not doing this and you want to bury your gifts. You want to hide them away. You want to keep them to yourself. Please, I plead with you, don't do those things. Don't bury them. Don't worry about the commitment. But use all the gifts the Lord has given you for the upbuilding of his church and for the glory of his son. The man on the ship with the ticket didn't realize what he had. But when he realized what he had, what did he do? He went and stuffed himself, didn't he? (laughs) He went and he had his fill. He went and he gorged on all the food and he enjoyed it and it was wonderful. Tonight, my friends, if you've recognized the gifts you've had, use them. Go and use them. Enjoy them. Use them for the upbuilding of the church and for the glory of Jesus. Let's pray before we take the Lord's Supper. Oh, Lord God, you are such a generous God. A God who lavishes us with grace and who has filled us with the Holy Spirit and who has given us gifts of the Spirit. And Father, I pray for each of us here tonight. I thank you that you have gifted each of us with various gifts. And I would ask, Father, tonight that you would give us the boldness and the courage to step out and to use them for the good of this church, for the upbuilding of the kingdom and for the glory of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.